0: Welcome to the Inside the 8 podcast with your hosts, Jamie Monroe and Colleen McGarity. This podcast is dedicated to all things women's lacrosse. We will break down top games of the week, discuss coaching strategies, and lacrosse recruiting. We will even bring in some of the game's top coaches and players as special guests. And now, here are your hosts, Jamie and Colleen.
1: How's it going, everybody, and welcome to the Inside the 8 podcast with Colleen McGarity. Colleen, how are you doing?
0: Pretty good. Can't complain. Uh, about four or five days into my high school season, so now it's what I look forward to every day is getting out there on the field and playing with my girls, so it's good, and it's nice out.
1: So great. In Colorado, yeah. LAX doesn't start until May. It's brutal. Field hockey tryouts going on right now. <laughs>
0: that's so crazy to me just because it's such it's lacrosse season right now
1: i know it's uh it's really nice weather the sun is staying out longer we're almost at daylight savings and in colorado we're hitting the snowiest months of the year we're expecting 18 to 24 inches this weekend
0: wow that's crazy the one thing in colorado though is it goes away pretty fast it does like when it snows in philly it's there it's there (laughs) let's Let's get
1: two feet and then it takes a little longer
0: I know, but it's still that sun's so strong that, you know, the turnaround is a lot quicker in Colorado than it is anywhere else.
1: No doubt. Yeah. Well, the topic today is about reclassing. And it's a topic that um, I think is really important. Um, both of us have had experiences with athletes that we've worked with that have done this or had the option to. And there are always so many questions around this, this topic. There's skepticism There's almost shaming involved sometimes, but let's just talk about what it is. Uh, You know, the fact is, is that this is not for everybody. Um, There's no right or wrong about it. Um, And there's some myths and truths that I think we should uh, talk about.
0: Totally. I mean, you said it right. I think the skepticism and the shaming is something that you you get right away. And it's actually happened with one of my 23s that the dad mentioned in front of her like oh i want to talk to you about reclassing maybe um she's just a little younger you know not as much um growth yet in her body it just might benefit her recruiting wise to repeat and the daughter took it as like are you saying i'm not good enough what the heck blah, blah blah and i had to explain to her that we're saying this because you are so skilled that this will help you get to the best place that you have to be at
1: totally So let's go in and just sort of define it and explain it, explain why you do this, when you do it, how you do it. And then um, I wrote down a bunch of questions that I usually hear from people. But first of all, what is reclassing? I think there's a difference between reclassing and repeating. Repeating is when you repeat the grade. Reclassing is when you don't repeat the grade, but you actually reclass yourself for coaches. So if you were a 22 and you felt like you got missed this year because of the crazy COVID world we live in. You could play on your 23 club team or you could sign up for uh, a showcase as a 23 and have no commitments. You do not have to repeat the grade. You do not have to be a 23. But if a coach is like, we're done with 23, 22s, and they really like you as a 23, they can take you as a 23 at your dream school. Um, Any thoughts on that definition?
0: No, yeah. I mean, you nailed it. It's just, I think making sure that the players and the parents understand that you are not committing to anything yet. You're just putting yourself in a position to be seen because coaches might be in their mind, done looking at your class. You know, they might be like, we moved on from 22s, we're on to the 23s. So you're bettering your chances of being seen. And then you're not committed to anything. They might love you and be like, actually... I'm gonna create a spot for you, you know, in your actual grade, or you might be now their top recruit as a 23. Um, so it's really just the difference between you're not making a commitment to actually repeating a grade, you're just reclassing so that you get the ex- exposure necessary to help get you to that end spot.
1: Totally. And you said something really interesting that I've seen. It's like a phenomenon that. W- the biggest key to recruiting is to have coaches want you Mm -hmm. and once they want you they'll figure out what class they want you in and we've seen this with several girls that we've mutually worked with that reclassed from 20 to 21 and next thing you know they've got offers at ivy league and acc schools and then those same schools are like wait would you be willing to be a 20 again or Same thing with 21s to 22s. And then we've had some, some of your players have gone from 21 to 22 at school, at Ivy League schools. Um, Some of them have gone from 21 to 22 back to 21 at Ivy League schools. It's actually amazing. But the the, the commonality is these kids got missed the first time and then they proved themselves the next time. And it was amazing for them to, to basically open up the doors. Uh, for your recruiting. It just opens up options. It doesn't close out any options. Staying in your class might close out options though, right?
0: Totally. I think, yeah, the most important keyword there is it opens up options and to be flexible. So with some of our, you know, girls that we worked with that play on my Triple H team and their JM3 athletes that, you know, didn't get the exposure necessary as their grade. So at that point, they were 2020s. They played with the 21s. They crushed it. Coaches liked them. And they're like, actually, we do have one more spot, but a lot of colleges are not quick to move on that one more spot, you know, so they might have one more spot. So it's like, they're going to hold that spot for a while. And that unknown is really hard for the athlete. Like, huh, I have to wait, you know, so long till they decide. But at that time, you're just going to open up the door for options with other schools that might push your dream school to make the decision on that last spot.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um, So why do you reclass? You know, um, you reclass when you feel like you missed out, got missed over, or some circumstances of your, or you're a late bloomer, and you're like, man, I know I can play at this level. You know, reclassing will make you a better prospect every time. It doesn't mean that everybody should reclass though, because if you're, if you're really not in the ballpark for division one reclassing, isn't going to make you get to your dream school. Uh, but what it can do is take you from, you know, a division one recruited level player and push you to a higher level of division one level recruited player. Can you talk a little bit about that concept?
0: Yeah. I think the biggest thing is it's not for everybody. And that's where I explained to my one girl that was like, Oh, am I not good enough? Like, why are you mentioning reclassing? You are good enough. Like you have the talent to be in the D one ballpark. So this is opening up a door to help get you to a spot you deserve. So you need to be committed. You need to be, you know, have the intangibles of becoming that division one player and then really diving into, you know, getting better. You need to get better so that when it's your time to be seen, the coaches are watching you and they're noticing you. It's like, we're reclassing because you're, we know that you're going to shine when you reclass. So it's like me and you, Jamie, have that confidence. Oh, if this person reclasses, they're going to crush it. Like coaches are going to notice them. Yep, so sure. we're not going to say that to anyone that's not going to have the talent to be seen. Like it's only one age group down. You know, you still have to have the talent, you know. And so it, that's the interesting part It's like we're not telling everyone in the world just to reclass and you're automatically going to Northwestern. It's like, no, no, this kid deserves to play at that level. And they just got overlooked. And weren't at the right place at the right time to be part of those first couple recruiting spots?
1: Well, think about the, the world we're in right now. I mean, for one thing, reclassing has been going on on the men's side forever because there's so, many, so much repeating anyways. Like, like people repeat kindergarten, they repeat eighth grade, they repeat 10th grade at boarding school. So you're already up against it. It's almost like if you don't reclass, you are playing up. That's, that's men's lacrosse. Mm -hmm. women's across it's not as much but there is that does happen because there are kids that are super young for their class and there are kids that are a little older for their class like those september birthdays if you're young on the side of your september birthday you are like literally could be two years younger than the kids that you're going up against
0: you're so right and i feel like it's a um a little bit of a gender thing as we're talking is that no offense, but most time girls are smarter than boys at a younger age. So they rarely stay back. Um, so it's like, why would I stay back? I'm doing so well academically and it becomes an academic thing yeah. at the younger age, which you're right. And then it athletically, it's like, they're, they are playing up. I was really young for my grade. And I was like, but I, um, so I was on the 89s. I always remember that's my rest of my basketball team was a grade below me. And I always think about like, wow, like if I just did stay back, I mean, end up having a great career i'm not going to change anything i went to northwestern and got to win a couple national championships but basketball wise i always thought about like oh i wonder if i would have went that route like you know what i mean i wonder if i got what like more highly recruited basketball wise if i just you know was one grade below which is just really interesting to see and i now i see it with my um seventh and eighth grade girls especially that did stay back i'm like that girl is just so much better than that one there's such a a gap
1: massive there's a massive difference and and the fact is, is that you might be like, well, I mean, isn't that kind of like cheating, you know? And it's like, listen, you can call it whatever you want. There are people that re- that start school at different ages. And that includes college. Mm-hmm. You can do this. And the college coaches don't, care. don't I mean, care. All they care about is getting the best player related to the class that they're recruiting. Can you elaborate on that with some of the conversations you've had?
0: 100%. I mean, I remember my first phone call obviously I talk about Hannah all the time because she's my best friend but I called her when I was talking about one of the girls every class that you know is off playing in college now and I was like hey does this matter if she plays down on this age group but she's not um she's not totally taking a gap year yet or officially she's like I don't care what she's doing I want to recruit her I want to look at her at whatever age I'm going to take her with so I don't they were like I don't even care if she doesn't reclass like if she's going to compete against those girls for a spot then I want to see her with those girls um they really don't care college coaches they just want to compare them and they'll try and place them and I think having the flexibility actually enticed Hannah more like oh I don't need to try and squeeze her into this spot if I like her I can just throw on the top of my list for the next grade
1: yeah exactly And it it just gives them the optionality. The the fact is, is that it doesn't cause confusion. And this is something that people are like, I mean, I don't want to confuse the college coaches. Aren't they, aren't they going to, you know, think I'm a, a 23, but I'm a 22 and I don't want to rule out 22. And it's like, no, if you play as a 22, you're definitely ruling out 23. If you play as a 23, you are not ruling out 22. All you're doing is you're getting the eyes of the coaches on you to say, we want this girl And once they want you, it'll be up to them to figure it out. Maybe you will reclass to go to your dream school like Michigan, or maybe they'll say we want you as a twenty-two.
0: Totally, I think they get confused. It's it's all timing. Um, So we're doing it a at a pivotal time where where the coaches are watching that specific age, where it would be confusing. Yes, if you were a senior about to graduate, you know what I mean. It's like all right, you're way. You know what I mean? You missed that gap and opportunity of having the eyes on you. So right. me and you were talking about when it's, you know, that primetime summer, just maximizing your exposure.
1: Right. Exactly. And let's just think about the realities. I, I mentioned this earlier. We're, we're, we're sort of on the tail end of this pandemic that completely altered the recruiting world for the 2022s. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that there are kids, the coaches couldn't see people live we have talked about this a lot on our podcast which what that means is they watched everything on film and it was on-demand viewing so what it, they didn't see kids that they would have just naturally seen at a tournament when it's like all right well it's 12 30 who are we going to watch i don't know let's check out this team and then you're like man that girl's a total stud they didn't see that kid all they saw was the on-demand viewing of the of the notable i mean honestly it's kind of came back to we saw kids <laughs> in president's cup twenty you know, 2019 or whatever. And that was the last thing they saw. And then they would just call Colleen and ask her or call the people they know. And a lot of really good players got missed.
0: Totally. I mean, you're so right. I'm so thankful that one, I went to that last president's cup to get film and we played in the top, top level. So we played like M and D capital monsters, top guns. You know what I mean? So I never, I'm never more thankful than the decision I made to play against the best. We might've went like two and two or two, one and one, But we got great competition and those games were seen a lot for my 22s to get, you know, good film. And then the rest just became like them talking to me about them and them trying to buy, not buy in, but believe me and trust my word on a lot of my kids. And thankfully, the 22 recruiting class was pretty easy for me because of what we did. But then there are some kids where I'm like, hey, you're really good. You might want to consider reclassing like don't, I, you shouldn't rush a decision to a school just because that's the only one that's left right now, you know, and it wouldn't hurt you just to play a couple tournaments or a couple showcases this summer as a 23.
1: Right. And especially once July hits, because I think that the coaches, you can tell me your opinion and I'll give you mine. I think it'll be a little different for everybody, but I think no question Division one coaches this summer and starting in June, especially if they're allowed to go off campus with a quiet period or or an open recruiting period, um, will start off watching 22s mostly because they've never seen their recruits play. And I would say it's going to be a you know a three to one ratio of 22s to 23s, probably if not four, if not 100 percent 20 22s in the beginning, but it's going to quickly shift to 23s. And then I think it's going to become more like a three to one ratio of watching 23s over 22s, even if they have spots left, which is one of the main reasons why you're going to need to get into that 23 class this summer if you want to get seen.
0: Totally. I mean, I think I agree with you. I think they want to check out their girls that they committed live because they haven't seen them. Um, So they are going to start with the 22s. There are also a lot of schools are looking to fill that one spot or they have like three or four girls that are on a list that they're like, I want to watch you live. Like I, I did all of my other kids via film and we had a previous existing relationship and I want to get this last one or two live. Um, so I think they're going to be watching the 22s and have one coach kind of starting to create that list for the 23s. And then there'll be a big switch maybe around like 4th of July for those like last two tournaments that it'll be heavily 23s. And then I think the fall is going to be really, really important for 23s they'll be making decisions in the fall um, with maybe one person starting to look at the 24s. Maybe, yeah.
1: maybe, um, but I still think that I think they're going to have to watch more 23s this summer if they're going to try to actually recruit them.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. But I just think they're going to kind of, like you said, it's going to be like three to one, and then it might be two to two and then it might flip and go one to three. That's something um,
1: it's going to yeah. happen. Totally. And that's why it doesn't hurt you to be seen as a 23. Cause they're still going to be, if they're, if they like you, this is how the, the this is how the questions are answered. Man, I really love that girl. Number three. What, wait a minute. Isn't she a 22? Yeah. Well, she got missed. She got, you know, she was injured, you know, COVID dah, da dah, She she's going to take a PG year. If she gets the option she wants, that's awesome. Now uh, maybe it will take her as a 22. That's how it works.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, it's happened like we said with, Two or three girls in my 2020 class that played as 21s. That's exactly how the conversation went. College coaches come up. Wow, that girl just crushed it. We love her. Hey, she's actually a 2020, but she's thinking about you know taking a gap year or um, a PG somewhere because she got missed. Oh, I have a 2020 spot. I love her. I'll call her next week.
1: Sometimes. Perfect.
0: <laughs> Done. <laughs> sometimes,
1: sometimes you you know you, you'll you will reclass. Uh, you've had a couple of girls one on your Triple H 21 team that mm-hmm. went Ivy um they are 21s but they're going as 22s you know would you go to an ivy league school and take the extra year take a gap year or pg year you have three girls that are 21s to 22 that way right so you know the answer is maybe maybe not but a lot of people will say i'll I'll do that to go to harvard yeah
0: i mean i think it's a no-brainer right like all right if i they'll take me as a 22 yeah no-brainer i'm going to take a gap year and or you know take a pg somewhere whatever that ivy league you got to work with your coach what they recommend right um and it's like it's the biggest decision of your life so it's one year you know I know sometimes kids are like oh my gosh I'm not going to school at the same time but it's like take advantage of that that one year is going to go by fast you can get better um my one specifically here at Penn Charter Maggie Turner she's top in the class like you know straight A's 1580 SAT she knows she wants to be an engineer so this is amazing she hasn't an internship lined up with Sab to be an engineer. She has all these academic um, uh, things aligned for her for that gap year that are gonna better her in life. And she also gets to go to Harvard after that year just because they didn't have a spot as a 21 left for her.
1: Yeah, amazing. Um, Let's also remember that last year, a year ago, the the world shut down and every single college student a year ago got an extra year of eligibility four years of college students at divisions one, two, and three reclassed basically. So if you were a freshman last year, you had five years to play four, you are now a sophomore with five years to play four. And if you're an Ivy league player and you didn't play this year, you're gonna go in next year with four years to play four. It it becomes a double reclass for all the Ivies. How that affects their number of slots has yet to be seen um, but the fact of the matter is, is that that's what everybody's up against. And there are roster limitations that are occurring. There are there's swelling of rosters. There's fifth year transfers coming in. All these Ivy kids that can't go back to school are going, are finding the best graduate schools they can to go play their fifth or sixth year. That's going to happen with Ivy kids that are like, and it's like the first team All-Americans that are doing it. So Mm -hmm. therefore, you know, it, it it might make sense to get as far away from that as you can anyways.
0: Totally. I mean, you're right. I, and you said, it's the, it's the all Americans that want to do it. Uh, when you play college across, it's hard. So, you know, a lot of the people that didn't get enough playing time or, you know, it's not their, you know, it's not their passion anymore by then aren't taking that extra year in my opinion. So it's not everybody, but those studs, those the Kerrigan Millers, you know what I mean? They're, they're going to find a, a place to play. Um, so the competition just got a lot, lots different, every top university.
1: Totally. Um, one of the things that people need to understand is that you're not by reclassing. It's not a commitment. You can still play out multiple tracks at the same time. So what I mean is that it's, if you're a 22 and you're a great student, let's say you can still be lining up all the NESCAC opportunities for yourself while you're playing as a 23 to see if you get a bite on your dream school in division one. And it's not, one is not going to affect the other. There will become a decision-making period around July one, when the NESCACs can make their offers, but they're not going to like look at you and say, well, you want to be a 23 we're not going to recruit you. First of all, they want players like you, if you're that good. And second of all, they haven't made you an offer yet either because they can't until July one. So what you can do is play out really three tracks. There's one track of, hey, you're just gonna go to college just like when you were born, your parents expected you would. And then you can be a recruited athlete as a 22. And you can also be a recruited athlete as a 23 and you can play them all out and just give yourself your best shot. And then you can just focus on being the best prospect you can be.
0: Totally, I mean, I just think it's opening up more doors and I think, why wouldn't you? So I think if you're in that position, it just makes the most sense it's not extra work you're just maybe doing one or two tournaments with playing with a different team you know or however many you're going to so i just think it's a no-brainer yeah. if you're in that position and you have that talent and you deserve to be at that level um and you're and you're exactly right i think because of the nescap timing it really works to take all these routes um i think it would be a little bit different if nescap schools could go earlier. It would. You know, put some pressure and some more decisions to be made at an earlier time frame. But because of that July one redate, it's really helpful for these athletes to make this decision to to reclass and take both paths.
1: And also, the, the nice thing is you're you are a 22. So if a coach loves you, they can talk. They can actually talk about you. Mm-hmm. By rule, they are not allowed to talk to Colleen McGarity about their 23s in, in 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 other than general we're interested terms but with the 22 playing as a 23 they can be like we love this girl yeah and they can call you and so mm-hmm. it actually opens up the doors and the timing because there will you know when the rubber hits the road is when uh, middlebury offers you yeah to make a decision um but you can probably find out from your club coach you know like hey does you know harvard really likes you and then you and then you weigh it and by the way harvard might recruit you anyways even if even if you do commit to a NESCAC school. I mean, if they love you and Hopkins comes in and says like, we want that girl, you know, then, then, you know, you might have a decision to make down the line.
0: Yeah. And I think more coaches are going to be doing that. Like right. because of what happened and how many people committed yeah. early on film, like coaches aren't going to be afraid to be like, no, we, I know you're verbally committed somewhere, but I, I want to speak to you.
1: Like, gonna, in the men's, in the men's game is happening constantly. It yeah. does happen a little bit in the women's game, but it's going to happen more um, way more especially yeah. because of what happened in September this year where everybody just, it became kind of a free for all It kind of resembled supermarkets in the pandemic. Like everybody just grabbing everything off the shelves. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden there's a lot more that nobody saw everybody play. And I wonder if players are going to get dropped too, Colleen.
0: I know it's funny. I, I think it will happen more and more because it is becoming more elite. There's more competition. There's more people coming back. college coaches it's their it's their job like they need to have the best team out there so you know that way you have to hold your side of the bargain up you know you need to stay you know on top of your game you need to get better you need to keep your grades up especially if you are looking at those ivy leagues grades become everything you see that more often as kids getting dropped because academically they didn't you know hit the bars they were supposed to yeah Yeah.
1: academically with fake.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But you're right. I mean, they're going to find a reason that it's not quite working anymore. You know, if you're not playing at the top of your level and um, getting better.
1: Totally. So how do you do this? It, it's pretty simple. You sign up for something as a 23 instead of a 22, or you ask your club coach, if you can be a 23 and um, it may, it, it may be hard because some clubs might be full. You know, like you may not be able to take every 22 to be a 23 if you're a club coach. Um, So that that may be challenging to make that happen. Um, What do you think about listing yourself as a 23 on a 22 team if you couldn't get on a roster? Um,
0: 23 on a 22 team if you couldn't get on a roster. Uh, Definitely. I mean, like we said, I think there's going to be a shift. in the coaches so you know they're going to be watching the 22s to start so it's like oh that kid's doing well you know so I definitely wouldn't hurt I think ideally getting to the 23 team would be you know the best thing but if you can't you might as well start there because like you said like my 23 team is full right now so I wouldn't have a spot for them but I could maybe have a spot on my 22s um and, and a lot of times we're talking about top athletes so Like when I get someone that's reclassing or I'm trying to help them reclass, they are good. It's not like I'm bringing someone to a team that's going to bring them down, you know. So typically that, you know, they are going to benefit them in a way.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, it's going to be difficult because I kind of feel like with the the way the pandemic went, there are so many deserving 22s that need to find those spots. Um, and so hopefully you'll be able to find a spot and be able to play because it'll make a big difference for you. The, the issue with fall and you mentioned like, well, there's, they're, they're going to be really looking in the fall and making decisions on 23s. But oftentimes the, the 22s have made their decisions by then because the, it's fall of their senior year. So it's really important that those 22s get a chance to get those looks this summer. Cause mm-hmm. if they don't, they're going to probably just have to go on the, one of the other two tracks, um, or. Yeah. Or you could go. That, that's that's if you're just straight up reclassing. If you're like, you know what, I'm just going to play this out, and I'm going to do a gap year or a repeat year. Then then next fall, you know, is is going to be fine for you.
0: One hundred percent. So that's where you have to have that kind of decision made in your mind by September one of your senior year. You should know, like, all right, it didn't quite happen yet on the timing we were talking talking about. Like, didn't happen in the summer. Then it's like, all right, I'm going to con- commit to this, like. I have a good feeling I'm just getting a, you know, good looks, or I'm starting to get some traction, then you should just commit to it. Like I am going to definitely, um, you know, take a PG, do a gap year, whatever it is. Cause you, you have to have that decision made for those applications in the fall. So you right. just have to know what, what track you're going to take by then. The other thing is as well is like, I've had it happen with one of my players is she is going in to college and red shirting immediately. So she, Reclassed, but it's reclassing taking a redshirt at that school, which is awesome because she gets that one year learning and getting better under the coach that wants her.
1: It, it, it's it's the probably the ultimate way to get better and prepare yourself. Yes, and to go to college, it might cost you know seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> There's a gap year where you might be able to do different things and by what does gap year even mean um so my daughter's taking a gap year um she had committed to uh, school as a 21 and was like man with this pandemic this this i think i'd rather just take a gap year and you know bang she's doing it with another one of your triple h girls who who is good was a 21 that is now becoming 22 to go to an ivy league school and um You know, it's, it's travel, it's service, it's work, it's internships, it's training. You can craft it into whatever you want. And you've got like a year that you will never get a chance to take if you're an athlete. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of cool because you can prepare and do amazing things while you're preparing and keeping your eye on the ball. But, but like as a division one athlete, it's going to be four years of no travel, all training um, and not really an opportunity to go abroad.
0: Totally. I mean, I think it's ultimately probably one of the greatest things that will ever happen to them when they look back on it. Um, when you're in college, you don't get those those trips or anything like that. But the biggest thing you said is like, you just have to be committed. So you would only allow someone to take a gap year if you know that their heart is in lacrosse, like their, their heart is to be the best player they can be. So it's like, all right, you can take a gap year and I want you because I know that you're the type of kid that's going to get better. I know you're the type of kid that's going to put in the work and make this a year to grow as a player and a person. And I mean, I think the accountability, the responsibility and everything they're gonna learn on their own is gonna be even more, you know, of an impact when they get to college. Cause kind of in high school, everything's kind of just like given to you and you're kind of babyed. do you know what I mean? So it's like that yeah. year is gonna be a really good growing moment for those girls taking gap year that have those intangibles that I'm talking about. So it's not like, oh, I'm just gonna take this gap year and. Yeah. frolic around you know no coach is going to be like yeah sure I still want you like that's really important yeah. obviously Lucy's your daughter she's going to be you know in backyard lacrosse working on shots left and right she's probably doing it more during her gap year than any other year but it is you just like we said the right type of athlete that's you know you know bleeds lacrosse that like once they get better can do that
1: right And the PG year is a great thing too. Um, And there's, it was, it's been really kind of the way you would do it. Um, I think the gap year breaks the mold a little bit. Uh, Why, what's the advantage? Well, PG year, you can play your other sports, which is awesome. You know, you can go play three sports and they would love you to do that. So if you're an athlete that loves to play and you feel like, man, I missed out on, you know, my basketball season or my soccer season or whatever, because of COVID, you can go do that. The communities at the, Prep schools are amazing. The academic rigor is amazing. Do not worry about doing, doing an extra year because those, those schools will, will be some of the hardest academics uh, you'll ever have and they will prepare you without question for any school. Um, so there's great reasons to do it. Um, thoughts on PG years that way?
0: Yeah, and I sometimes they don't have a choice. I had one um, 2019 that needed, needed to go to take her PG year at Exeter, I, I think it was. So she had to, you know, for Wesleyan, she was going to Wesleyan. Wesleyan was like, we need you academically to do this one year so that you fit the academic profile of our recruit. Because mind you, NESCAC recruits are, it's very, very hard to get recruited to a NESCAC. You need to have extremely high academic scores and grades. So some people are always like, oh, I'll just go to a NESCAC. I'm like, no, 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 you like, you need to have a very, very good academic profile. Um, So she was just a couple grades off and they were like, you need to go to a PG year at Exeter. And then you're, you have that slot at Wesleyan. So sometimes they'll tell you not choice. Yeah. And, and she had a great experience at first. She was like, this kind of stinks. And I was like, one year goes by so fast, just, you know, if you're going to get a degree at Wesleyan and compared to like the other schools that you were, you know, getting recruited at, recruited at, then it's a no brainer.
1: Totally. And remember though, that you got to be careful because when you go to these boarding schools, you know you might all your friends are going to college you're going to be going to boarding school and you're going to have to live that boarding school life which is going to mean you can't you can't screw it up by partying and you got to know that like that's really important and you know boys might be a little bit more likely to screw that up anyways uh but i always tell the guys that i work with like you know academically you go to exeter it's going to be really hard you know you could if you don't study and you don't keep your nose clean you're going to end up like wrecking your opportunities so Um, just to put it in, in, it's, it's really serious stuff and it's like 60 grand for your parents. So
0: make
1: (laughs) sure sure you do the right things.
0: Right. And I, that's like, like I said, it has to be the right type of person that like, I knew that this athlete was just, you know, going to be fine. And, you know, it'll be, she's going to learn a ton from it and she'll look back and, you know, already impressed of how she handled the situation and what she's accomplished. And just know that that's not it's not an easy path. You know what I mean? It's you're taking the PG year is is hard. It's harder, you know, especially at one of those exiters of the world and you know, Hotchkiss and those type of schools, because they're known for their academics. So you're not going there just to like coast or get an easy, easy A. It's actually harder A's. It might be. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, well, I, I think we pretty much covered it. Um, reclassing is whether you, whether you like it or not, it's out there. It's an option. It's nice to know about it at the very least. Um, it's not, you know, it's not a, uh, a guarantee by any means um, other than it will open up options. And that's kind of a guarantee because it will if there are spots gone as a 22 there are spots available as 23. That's all you really know. And then it comes down to, are you good enough? I think what you really need to do is f- try to figure that out. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and if, if someone's like, man, I think you, you know, academically and athletically and skill-wise, you know, I can see you playing at these types of schools that are your dream schools, then you could consider this. Um, if you've got questions, Colleen, how do people uh, reach out to you?
0: No, you can always shoot me an email. Um, my email is just Colleen, C-O-L-L-E-N, at big Four lax.com i'm happy to take anyone's questions or emails um i think me and you work well together on these and i i think it's important to have an advocate if you're going through this as well um so if it's not something that your club team does that much you need an advocate to help talk you through this
1: awesome colleen love talking lacrosse with you love talking recruiting and this is such an important topic especially given the pandemic that we're trying to get out of here um thanks for your time i hope practice goes great and we'll talk soon
0: Thank you. Yeah. Talk soon.